Hello and welcome to Life of the Party. We are Nick's Rising Industries. Dawnbringers. Are you ready to go? Yeah! Yeah, give me that global food for it. These six have truly brought us a new dawn and will be commended as such heroes of the city and Dawnbringers of Shadeborn! Cheers erupt. You are brought forward in clasps fitted to the clothing on your chest in the sigil of a rising sun. <laughs> Two days earlier, at the Cranwell Manor. <clears throat> so, rewinding, back at the point where we left off essentially, catching up with what happened in these two days since. So, you've left the house, the siblings incapacitated, okay? Ursa Volantis have just rode up and passed you, okay? The guard are streaming up the hill towards the house, mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> what would you like to do? I believe you five are on the ground, Vanden, you are in, in the sky. air. In the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, as Vanden takes off, Elise will be watching him very carefully. Mm -hmm. And then glance over to Cassian, who I believe was standing next to me when... We, yeah, took we down. incapacitated Maculata together. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just glance at him and say... There's definitely something not right with that sword. Oh, yes, I had a front row seats for the whole event, so... Oh. Yeah, I feel bad because knowing how he feels about magic and I encouraged him to use it, but... You want to know, Elise. Um... Yeah, there's no way to tell with that spell, but... Um... I reckon the thing you used on the Cranwells... I intend to get it sorted tonight, don't worry about it. Cool, thank you. At this point you hear the... <laughs> of the guards marching up, and you see the black and silver armed and armoured guard of Shadeborn marching up, about 15 of them, led by what seems to be like a, like a small gnome figure, who immediately starts barking orders to get the macula, um, sorry, to get the Cranwells tied up and basically in the carriage to sweep through the house and check for any more immediate threats. Mm -hmm. A couple come up to you and just sort of check over the all right, and if anyone needs any like medical attention. We're just taking a moment to sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come over and bring like 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 water and like uh, like bring things like sit you down, and, but then just sort of just leave you to your own devices and begin like filtering into the house. So there was a body that I saw through leg size. Yeah. It was down with a bunch of barrels. It was inside one of the barrels. It had like a wolf's hide on it. But it was a person. Hmm. Should we go take a look? We should probably check that out. Mm. What did you see, Sariel? <clears throat> oh, there's a lot upstairs that we should probably look into. Oh. Scratches on the walls and wrecked bedrooms and maybe we should just go and take a look. Yeah. Yeah. As we walk into the house, I'll cast Detect Magic again, so as we're walking around, I'll just... Because we haven't d done it upstairs or yeah. downstairs yet. You don't detect anything new. Pretty much all the pings you got were on the ground floor. Okay, so nothing new upstairs or downstairs? No. Okay. I'm going to stay outside and just meditate for, by myself for a little while. Yeah, okay. okay. After a short while, Vandom will land somewhat near to you and just... Mm -hmm. As the wings go limp and useless. Yeah. And just stand there in the street completely shaken again. You can guess what state he's in yeah. once again. <laughs> a bunch of the guards and people around are staring just sort of wide-eyed at all of this. He reaches back and touches the blood on his back and he just 
sits down in the street. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of shaking. Tenderly comes over with some water in her skin, like says thank you. Comes out in celestial. <laughs> Just sort of leaves you be. They all give you a wide berth. All of you. I will just sit near you, <laughs> like, moral support, <laughs> funky little celestial man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fly with the wings, but you've got slightly better control over them. They're not slumped down and pulling you down to the ground anymore. You've sort of got them sort of like up and arched in like a resting position, but the weight of them is straining at your shoulders. You feel shoulders and your ribs just absolutely burning. And, the thought of being able to take to the skies again is completely out of reach, you know. Okay, so sit there with his water and just sort of curl it on himself. Um, and I'll leave the rest of you to explore the house. <laughs> so I imagine we'd go downstairs first to the body. Yeah, yeah. She wouldn't mind leading the way, Bobbin. Yeah, I'll lead you on. So yeah. I kind of lead the way and once we get to the barrel, I just... He stands still, kind of mm -hmm. goes a bit pale and goes... It's in there. <laughs> I don't really want to touch that barrel. It's okay, Bob. The barrels are about probably a metre and a half wide by like three metres long. Yeah. Um, this isn't like a distillery by any means. It isn't where they're making them, um, but perhaps just where they've been storing some of their own like fine vintage or anything. Yeah. Um, you see that the label has been like scratched and pulled off this one, and you see that the actual beams of the barrel are like bulging out. Is there anyone else with us? Is it just us lot? Or are there, like, Ursa Valantis or anyone with us? Uh, they were around the, um, going around the... the Perimeter, the estate. or any yeah. other guards, or anything like that? Uh, is it just us? Yeah, it's just you. Okay. It's just you right now. There are other guards in the house and stuff. Okay. You can hear as... as legs went down a, a very small crack which had appeared, you can hear a faint, like, And as you get closer, you can smell something awful coming from from the barrel. Okay. And it seems like a seal's been broken and some of the gas is coming out, essentially. I mean, I don't mind being the one to take the first look. If you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll try not to touch anything. Yeah. I'll just see if I can, like, peer inside it and see... I get a better look at it. So like you could like climb up on top and like look through this little cork hole. Yeah. Um, make a perception check with disadvantage because it's kind of like yeah because you have to like climb up on top of the barrel and like just poke one eye through and then like okay. that's covering. I know you're <laughs> diving, but like yeah. even they're like covering stuff up. Yeah. Um, or I could use um, empowered reserves to just give myself a straight roll. Yeah. yeah. Thirteen. <laughs> uh, Thirteen. You can see what. Problem described seems to be remains. Mm -hmm. um, as much as I'll go into it, but you do see on top of the remains what seems to be like uh, like a wolf's head and then like hide clothing of some sort. Okay. Um, it doesn't seem like anything you recognise, but definitely like like a wolf's head like cloak. Yeah. Does it seem like the barrel is rigged to do anything if someone were to try and open it? Like uh, is it trapped? Or doesn't look like anything? it. You can't see anything of that sort. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I relay this. I'll say, yeah, what Bolden described as like a wolf's head, like a fur mantle kind of thing. It doesn't seem to be trapped or rigged to do anything if someone opens it, but um, still want to be careful because the Cranwells are hella creepy. Um, would it 
Would it be openable by mage hand if I stood from a distance? Um, no, because you'd have to like pull the front of it to get it open. Okay. Hmm. Do we want to try and open it? Sarah hands a dagger up to Elise. Why is it open with that? I have to. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take it anyway. Um, yeah, I'll just. Yeah, it takes probably about five minutes to like jimmy it to jimmy like the whole front panel off and like as most of like the gas has escaped already mm -hmm. um there's not like a wave of it but you do open it and prize it open the front comes off and just sloughs out you see stand basically in the remnants of this barrel you see near skeletal remains and sort of on the top of this sort of misshapen pile you do see what seem to be uh like robes but almost resembling um like uh like hunter's wear almost mm. anyone ever seen anything like this before this it's sariel and astra if you make a religion check if my D &D <coughs> load. please Twenty-one. Sorry, one second. Pretty sure it's plus six. Yeah. Uh, Sixteen. Okay, this is definitely a priest or priestess of Sehen. Um, in high numbers around the city of a river, um, there are a lot of people who worship this deity um, and garb themselves in these sort of half robes, half sort of hunter-gatherer's gear. Um, often wearing like a like a wolf's head hood or like a like a jaguar's head hood or very similar as part of their religious robes. Um, a lot of the robes are sort of soiled and beyond recognition, but this hood, this head, is easy to see and it is matting and decaying um, as well. But it was definitely a an ornate ceremonial piece that was worn on top, and you can see a couple of like glints of silver what appear to be like a phase of the moon necklace. Sarah goes kind of pale. <laughs> what are you doing here? Do you recognise this kind of clothing? It's from Riven. Oh. oh. It's not exclusive to Riven, but it's just that Riven is one of very... <laughs> no, no, that's true, that's true. But just for information, um, Riven is one of few cities that um, they only worship one deity mm -hmm. officially within the city limits. Um, people are allowed to worship other deities privately within their own home, but there is only one temple there, and it is to Sehenin. Mm. Why well, do you know them? Not personally. The priest of Sehenin. Oh. Oh. I wonder how they got caught up with the Cromwells. Mm. I'm sure there's any number of ways it could have happened. Why would they keep them here? I don't know. Is there anything... Is there anything about the body that makes it stand out in any way? Is it something they might keep for some reason? It's or? so decayed that it's not really possible to tell. Mm. The only bits really are bones left now. Okay. By this point. Uh. So it's likely been here for... a few months. Ugh. Gross. Um, anything else in the room that stands out other than... <laughs> Nothing that stands out. There's about twelve barrels, which mm -hmm. um, so is like a little long basement like going down, and then like um like a like a shelf with just knickknacks and assortments and little bits and things on. Yeah, oh, well, um, I was going to. 
Um, but nothing that stands out particularly, no. I'll, I'll still go and have like a peek at one or two of the other ones just to see if there's they anything. They seem to all be filled with strong liquor. Okay. Doesn't seem to be anything like this in any of the other ones that I can tell. I'll find the gods. That's one thing. Yeah. We should go and alert the guard there's a body down here then. Yeah, definitely. And we still need to look upstairs as well. Um, should we head up then and tell them about this first? Yeah. Sorry. Mm. You okay? Yeah. Do you want to walk me for a bit? Yeah. Please. As you walk onto the ground floor, you do pass Sergeant Praxis, who introduces herself. The city will thank you for your service. You've done right here. Just doing what anyone would. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a body downstairs, by the way. In a, bar- in a barrel. It looks like it's been there for quite a while. It's mm. quite decayed. Thank you. Beckons two guards down and they sort of go down, like, hold their nose as they go in and disappear into the darkness of the basement. You hear a retching shortly <laughs> after. Valid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, should we go upstairs? Yeah, head upstairs? Yeah. yeah. I'll show you the way. Sure. <clears throat> so, show them up the stairs to the rooms that the mouse had seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go okay. through each one. Okay. You head upstairs. There's a large sort of, um, how would you describe it? Uh, just open space, like a, not not balcony, but a landing. A landing, yes, yeah. a large landing, like, <laughs> like plush carpet on it, um, paintings, artwork all around. This is very clearly a place of money. Um, you're able to guide them to the master bedroom um, where you saw the chains and the metal door. Mm-hmm. Open the door. Mm-hmm. Ornate, four poster bed, dresses, wardrobes, Beautiful furniture, all like like old, like, like stained oak, and you can smell like the history and the wealth in this room. Mm. You see to the side what would probably like a privy at some point, a door that stands out of place. It looks to be heavy, raw black iron mm. with uh, like a like a, a mechanism on the front, which seems to be have to be turned to lock the door. Mm. <clears throat> Well, is there any indication as to whose room this was? Like, is there any like clothes in the wardrobe yeah. or knickknacks? Or um, I won't make you roll for it as you've got like unlimited time. There are sort of guards like, coming in and out and sort of like taking stock of things. Um, this looks like Belladonna's room. Um, this looks. You can see on the walls where like some of the areas are like more faded. It seems like some paintings have been taken out and maybe some new have been t- um, put in. Perhaps this wasn't always Belladonna's room, but it seems to be right now. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> parents are away, huh? Away. Mm. It looks like the size for a master bedroom, so mm. presumably at some point was the parents' master bedroom. But it seems like Belladonna has taken it upon herself to, to have this. I want to oh. look around and see, like, one thing I wanted to do was like, look for any sort of evidence of where the parents might actually be. I don't know if there's any like documents or anything we can look for. Or I'll say make things. an investigation check and this just covers you looking around the whole house. Okay. okay. The rest of you, what are you looking for? Um, I was going to see if there was any other clothes in the wardrobe that might not necessarily be hers. So like if there was any like, clothes that might have belonged to her father. It doesn't look like it. It okay. looks like they've all gone. The, everything's been cleared out. Yeah. It might have been theirs. Uh, Twelve. Twelve. Okay. You don't find anything which seems to imply 
Mm. Um, and that's for like however long you take in the house. And nothing in here, and nothing in the other rooms, which seems to imply where they might have gone. Okay. Mm. Do we find a way of um, like trying to open the door? Yeah, you could definitely open it from from outside the like the small room. Yeah, there's this. Is that the metal one? Yes. Yeah, there's this large mechanism which you would have to turn and like unlock into place, and it does take some strength. But you are able to do it, okay. Okay. and it unlocks. Hmm. Open it. Yeah, you open it. You see a very small, like five, uh, five by ten foot room. Um, it seems where there were previously um, facilities inside have been taken out and just boarded up. It's just a plain room. There are manacles attached to points in the wall, which just dangle down. There's nothing else in the room. You notice that the door cannot be opened from the inside. Mm -hmm. no, there's no mechanism to. Is there any evidence of people having been in here for long periods of time and then taken out? Like, is there any like dried blood or there's anything not along those dried lines? blood? But um, on either side of the wall where there are the manacles, there are lots of claw marks mm -hmm. and on the floor as well. Oh. You reckon they kept themselves in here? Maybe Eustatius, mm -hmm. if he's more well, wild. Other, there's other rooms here as well that you'll see. Okay. Lead the way. Yeah. It looks like probably only one person could fit in there. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like because there's like, like one manacle on each side. I mean, technically you could have two people in here, but from the looks of it, or from where the claw marks are spaced out, it looks like one person was manacled up. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's gonna follow her all around. Yeah. Yeah. Like just yeah. go like each yeah. of the rooms. Yeah, yeah. Um, other bedrooms. Um, the first and second. The, Appropriately fancy and um, very like uh, plush and luxurious. So when you get to the third bedroom, that you find the bedroom just torn to shit, and ravaged. The wallpaper, the curtains, the bed itself, the floor—everything has these huge claw marks in it. Okay. Three guesses who this room belonged to. <laughs> I think it's <just> guessed. <laughs> <laughs> One wall does seem to be relatively untouched. It has a few claw marks and such, but there's fairly large patch, which isn't. Unusual. Mm. Uh, I won't make you roll for it because you have plenty of time, but you could essentially get to a panel of the of the wall, which you push, and the, the, the wall board that creaks in itself, and then it swings round, and you find a safe. Oh. Oh. in the wall. Is it? Can we inspect it for traps before we do anything with it? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, make an investigation check. How are you? How are you inspecting it? What are you do? Um, looking at the like locking mechanism, seeing if there's anything unusual in place about it or anything okay. like that. Okay. Um, so fifteen. Okay. Don't seem to find anything. Better not be a mimic <laughs> <laughs> again. Um, yeah, I'll attempt to open it. I guess do I need to use thieves' tools, or can I? Uh, you can try safe? either. You can try either. Um, yeah. I'll attempt to open it. You attempt to open it, it burns your hand. Cool. Okay. cool. You, you weren't able to find anything mechanical, yeah. but there was a um, there was something on it, essentially. Okay. Fine. Oh. And it wasn't able to be detected by magic because it was blocked by the safe itself. Right. So, um. You take 25 points of fire damage. Oh! And it just like goes red hot and you burn your hand. You basically just burn the palm of your hand. Okay. You see it fade. Are you alright? 
Yeah, I'm fine. So Detect Magic did not pick that up. Basically. It didn't, no. No, because he was basically the, like, the glyph itself was hidden on the other right. side of like the safe wall. Right. And okay. the, uh, yeah, the magic can't penetrate through a certain amount of okay. iron or steel. Um, was yeah. there a suggestion that that's exhausted the glyph? Or yeah. Is that, yeah. Given how you've encountered glyphs before, likely. Um, yeah, it was just your investigation check wasn't high enough to do yeah, it. Yeah, I figured. Um, yeah, the glyph um, the was on the other side, so my spells didn't pick it up. <laughs> you okay? But I'm fi- I'm, I'll be fine, don't worry. Yeah, your hand's like like red and blistered. Ooh. It will come up bad, but... It, I'll say it's her right hand. <laughs> um, so I'll take a look at it later. Let's get this thing open. Okay. Yeah, uh, make, a, make a dex check. Yes. So no proficiency. Yeah. Actually, wait. I have knocker equipped. Yes. Sir. Yeah. I have knocker ah, equipped. Okay. And that just unlocks anything, is it? Yes. Okay. Tap it and boom, boom. This sound does echo through. It's very loud. Yeah. And a couple of people are like come up looking. Then you see, <laughs> see the door swing out and open. Cool. Mm-hmm. What's in Sheaves and sheaves of papers. Wait a second. Sorry. <laughs> sheaves and sheaves of papers. Doesn't seem to be any like like physical like money or loot. It's on the papers. Yeah. Uh, you look through. You find the contract that implicates them with the silver host. Yay! Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, looking through in this time and later as well, you don't find anything about um, where exactly the parents have got to, but you find notes from um, the. You notes from the three children basically stating that they disappeared a couple of weeks ago. No idea where they've gone. Mm. Just mysteriously disappeared. Oh, how innocent. (laughs) I'm writing this note to say that I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, how long ago was that? A couple of weeks. It doesn't give a specific date. Mm. It's pages and pages of notes from like uh, like like journal entries essentially mm-hmm. like um, and like you have records of um, them paying people to essentially find out where their parents have gone. So it seems to be legible. Oh. It seems um, it seems to be credible. Mm-hmm. There's like a, like a genuine confusion as to where this is, and lots of letters to the banks and such trying to get hold of their parents' money, but no one will confirm to them because their parents have are. Still, essentially accessing their money from other places, but oh. that information won't be given to them. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, you're incorrect. <laughs> okay, so maybe they, they didn't kill their parents. You thought they'd killed their parents? I mean, that was what I was assuming too. <laughs> um, we should probably turn this over to the guards as well, I guess. Yes, everything. Mm-hmm. Sure, Bosco would want to see that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything else of note in the safe? No, no, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the contract isn't to kill Bosca, it's to find out her location, essentially. Uh, Get the impression that Eustatius probably wanted to do this himself, yeah. but just needed to know exactly who and where this person was. Mm-hmm. It's okay. worded very carefully by the opposing partner, so as not to implicate them in any crime. It's simply the Location of someone, which mm. Hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Was there anything else at Pizzario that you saw? I can't remember. Was there? No, no. There wasn't anything else. Of no, no. No. Um, Nothing in particular, anyway. We should head back down and tell them then. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
As you know, when I was flying over the gardens, was there anything outside that looked worth investigating? Not particularly, okay. no. Okay. no. No, you didn't see anyone else running for it. Um, you saw a very nice, like, little rock garden, an orchard, greenhouse. <laughs> like. No, it didn't seem to be anything else. Um, let me check, let me check. Um, uh, Is it worth noting that they got the guard? Like, the... Um, uh, yes, yes. Um, you do see several members uh, of the guard being handed over the uh, the escaped bodyguard the by Ursa Valantis. Yeah. Yes, it seems like Ursa Valantis caught him <laughs> as he was running out and they've handed him over. Oh, you have to do something. Yeah. Hey, not today, lad! <laughs> Wait, wrapped, wrapped so, by the scrub of the neck. Yeah, pretty much. Like frazzled from being thunder waves so many times. <laughs> uh, okay, um, yeah, no, you don't see anything else in particular. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess if we head downstairs... I guess we'll hand over the notes to you guys. I'm just gonna go investigate the fire poker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take some time. So it, it is magical. Uh, it will reinvigorate a dying fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pocket it anyway. <laughs> How long are your pockets? <laughs> Got a bag. You could probably whack someone with it. It's got like a nice little like a hook on the end. Go to the souvenir. <laughs> Well, super near. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to sit outside with these two. Yeah, yeah, okay. The guard have sort of dwindled from inside the house and seem to have making their way out, but have taken away the Cranwells. You can see two members of Ursa Valantis who have dismounted from their bears and are sort of like taking a couple of bits off. You do recognise the form of Bosca, who sort of looks <laughs> over to you and like grins. <laughs> and then uh, an older male, uh, half orc, half elf, with her. Who you don't seem to recognise, you didn't see him from before. And sort of like looks at her and like, looks over to you too. Begins to muttering to her. He sort of waves his big hand back, like. <laughs> Go up to Bosco. Just thought you might like to see this. <sighs> well, well. Everyone's a piece of this, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I'd like to keep it. Probably hand it over to the authorities. Probably, but, but I appreciate it. I think I would let you see it before we handed it over. It's nice now I want it. <laughs> you find much interesting stuff inside? Corpse. Oh. Corpse. Delightful. Cells inside our room or cell singular with manacles on the walls. Mm. They've been trying to find the parents. Hmm. Can't get any access to money, and apparently been looking for their both the mum and dad for a while. Curious. Hmm. Wonder where they would have run off to. Why they would just leave their children like that? Have you met them? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but if they're that way, I don't know. Don't say right. Yeah. <clears throat> we should perhaps think about heading home soon. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are you handling London? I don't know what's happening. Still speaking of Celestial. Stay back. It's okay. I promise it's going to be okay. Okay. <sighs> should we go home? <sighs> Praxis offers you all a lift home. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> on the wagon. Sadly not. There's not enough space for all of you. Bosco does wave goodbye. 
be seeing you again soon, I'm sure. Hope so. Sure hope so. From the bear. <laughs> Can I pet the bear before I go, please? I really want to pet the bear. <laughs> Can we all pet the bear? Be, be careful. <laughs> Approach him slowly. With my non-burnt hand. <laughs> His shoulders sort of like hunching. Sorry, his shoulders sort of slump. He's like puts up like one little tiny little bear ear, which is like wiggling and waggling. It's very spaced. Yeah, yeah. He is enormous. I know. And like just encased in this incredible armor as well. They are something between war machine and beast is incredible. You see the size of their claws which are like clicking on these cobblestones, each one like in the size of a dagger, like the paws themselves, like bigger than your head, it's just this bulk of muscle and fur. <laughs> You're just a big softy, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you see Bosca pull out a pouch and instantly <laughs> <laughs> out a big chunk of like honeycomb and just thrust it towards him and his long tongue comes out like <laughs> you see the size of his teeth are enormous you see one of them like completely replaced with what seems to be gold oh he's got a grill <laughs> gives like this enormous head of scratch oh, he's beautiful I'd love to see him in battle he's a good boy what's his name? No. We sort of give them their own nicknames, so yeah. Don't. <laughs> what? It's not funny, Bosco. <laughs> Call him Basket. <laughs> you see the other lancer near her just massage his temples. I think it's incredibly funny. That's a great name. Bosco, don't you a child. <laughs> Come on. You best be getting back. I know you're disappointed. We'll run some drills for you. <laughs> Good work here all. You too. You too. Hmm. And you see them both saddle up onto the bears and then to <laughs> head off and down. Before Sergeant Praxis takes you away in an enclosed wagon and brings you back down through the city at night. Short time passes. You're left outside your barracks and Escorted in. I'm just. That's just this guy head. Like, excuse himself and head to bed. At one point, Bolin will like take a look at Elise's arm and just like oh. bandage it off. Thanks, yeah. bud. It's gonna work. Sort of like coming up on some nasty blisters, but with <laughs> being protected, it'll be all right. Yeah, yeah it'll be fine. Just some like plants and salt. Like, yeah. Bandage oh, thank you. Give some aloe vera or something. <laughs> 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 you can't win them all. <laughs> Just keep it on for a few days. That should be alright. Yeah, thanks. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good. Kazin will take Bandon to the war room or his room, whichever one he seems to want to go to more. War room. More room it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of a mission, like getting through some of the doors with the wings like coming up. You have to do this like odd, like getting around them and such. But once you're in the war room, you're able to sort of like spread them out a little bit and cooped up from sitting in. And oh. 
I know you can't answer properly right now, so just nod your nod or shake your head, but wasn't a fan of what you did back there. So would you allow me to fix it? Potentially. Writes down on a piece of paper. What was it? Do you know? <laughs> Is that a comment they can write? Yeah. Yeah. One can only assume, especially based on what Elisa said to me, that the null sword is cursed. <laughs> and I can fix that. I can't uncurse the sword, but I can uncurse you. You're unwilling to let him take the sword from you, but the thought of him doing this and breaking it doesn't doesn't displease you. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't fill me with any more dread than magic normally does. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you're not—you're not opposed to him trying that. Okay. It's just the thought of him physically taking it from you right now. I will write down on my piece of paper. Is it a spell? Yes, this is a spell, and I have to touch you to do it. But it will. Seen the way he's holding this sword. <laughs> Maybe help you control yourself if you want to continue wielding that. I write down, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> Maybe have a seat. It'll be off in a second, I promise. And we'll put the sword on the table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> long, like nearly six foot of eye-hander. And then stand up from the table and kneel down on the floor like he's preparing to have a spell used on him. Okay. He sort of braces himself. What are you doing? Gesture for you to get mm. on with it. I sometimes <laughs> crouch down on his level. You don't have to Brace yourself in such a strange way. <sighs> Offer out a hand. I'll take it. Grab his hand. Mm -hmm. Just like in the motion, like pull him slightly closer and just nestle my other hand up through his hair mm -hmm. and cast Remove Curse. It feels like having a helmet that's too tight on suddenly. <laughs> lifted off. Although you didn't necessarily reload at the time, this immense like a pressure and cloud just snaps and dissipates and you do not feel that connection to the sword anymore. God. <laughs> I'll just hold him there for a second. Bonk his head gently with mine. Stand up and just be like, right you're going to be awfully tired now so I'm going to take this sword away. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now we'll 
pick it up and find a room that I can lock again. <laughs> there is the storage room where you initially found all the weapons. Probably be a good fit. I'm gonna put it in there for now. Yep. I'm gonna <laughs> barricade the door. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big heavy deadbolt on you. Can... Yep. Jam it until we can figure out a way to deal with that. Yep. <laughs> and then, um, if anyone else wants to do anything, but after that, I'm gonna go find Astro. Mm-hmm. Then we'll just sit back at the table and I guess lie down on the table again like, like face down face down yeah. with the one behind him yeah. completely confused and pretty terrified <laughs> and he'll just I guess stay there until he leaves yeah so I will come in at one point just put a blanket over him <laughs> <laughs> tuck his around yeah. Yeah. so several blankets together yeah. <laughs> Like a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's okay. Sleep now. I'm gonna try to do that. Anyone <laughs> <laughs> else doing anything or need um, you speaking? I guess just after Boblin's patched up Elise, she would just go and continue making notes on everything she's yeah. found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. House yeah. and everything. Go you. When you left, you sort of left like fire dying. Give it a test out, give it a poke and... <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> so steep. Bob, look, look. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you see what it does, it sort of... Um, as you like touch one of these like old charred logs, some of the char like... <laughs> falls off and the log sort of like reconstitutes a little bit and just... <laughs> we're burning more and more. That's very cool. <laughs> Very good, fine. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Good souvenir. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he like, holds it over her shoulder like a weapon. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, cool. What you doing? You get a knock on your door. I let you in. Evening. Hello. Mind if I come in and sit for a bit? Of course. Thank you. Sit some stuff down on your floor. Sit in my bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you alright? Are you alright? Not really. Yes, I know. I figured we might as well. Sit on stew on it together. <laughs> I appreciate you, Cassian. Thank you. You're a good friend. Right. Well. <laughs> I just notice you like it more when other people are around you. Mm. So, if you have anything that you wanted to get off your chest, there's a lot that's happened that I understand is trying and different. I hurt someone. When you went down? Mm. Astra, I believe that was an act of pure instinct. No one wants to die that quickly. And whatever power brought you back up so fast wanted to make sure that you didn't go down again. I don't want to hurt anyone, though. It's better them than you. No. I appreciate that all of you fight and 
are fine with that, but I don't want to change who I am as a person. It's a noble sentiment, Astra, but sometimes you find the world changes you. True. But also you should try and change the world sometimes. Maybe we will. <sighs> How about you? This is just different, like I said. Mm. A lot of things to be considered that I never even thought of before. Strange traveling with you a lot. <laughs> Kindness comes so easily to all of you. I guess I've never thought about that. You do kind things too, though. When one can trace most actions back to personal gain in one way or another, I would not consider that kind. Well, it's kind to other people. Just because you don't think that your own movement's kind or your own generosity is from a good place doesn't mean that it's not seen like that. And if you do enough kindness, then eventually you'll do kindness to yourself. You have strange worldviews about Antastra. <laughs> different from yours. Quite. We should do some more singing together sometime. I'd like that. And teach me more of your songs. And you can play yours. <laughs> Eventually. You'll get there. Mm. Every great musician starts somewhere. Good night, Esther. Good night. Sleep well. Thank you again. Sleep comes to you all, although restless, for many of you. Vanden, fits of dreams that you can't place and familiar memories. Serial, visions of purple flame and dreams of the moon. Of bloody hands washed clean. Morning comes. The day is yours. What would you like to do? I'm going to read for the day. Yeah, let's have a chill day. Yeah. <laughs> chill day of reading. Yeah. Sorry, like Cassian will do book club. <laughs> Our secret book club. Okay. okay. I'll also read the books I have. Okay. Oh, okay. I also make breakfast in the morning. No. Nice. Yeah. Make? Important question. I make pancakes. Oh my god. With like caramelized apples and peaches. Fancy <gasps> pancakes. Yes. Fancy pancakes. Pancakes. Right, what we just served after last night. Something yes. sweet and that's not red at all. <laughs> I take it your wings fired away. Gone by yes. the morning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, forgotten again. Well, Vanden comes downstairs with like just fragments of memories from last night. Um, is everyone in the breakfast? Yes. Yeah, I guess we'll have breakfast together first. Um, breakfast club. Comes in looking a little pale. How are you doing? Morning. Morning. Bobble made pancakes. Thank you, Bobble. Caramelized apples and peaches if you want as well. That sounds good. Great. I, that chat we had the other day where you asked me about my memories and um, I got a little frustrated with all of you. 
it's happened again. Mm. I can't remember last night very well. Yeah. Mm. Very well or at all? Fragments, I remember when we were meeting with the Cranwells. Some sort of fight. Yeah. Flash of purple light. I think I did something awful. It's fixed now. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. Telepathically, I will say to Elise, the sword is in the storage room. I've locked it. No one's going in there. Yeah, she'll just give you a glance. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You fixed it? The weapon that was afflicting him is no longer afflicting him. That's good. The sword did that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I couldn't tell with the spell I cast on it. It's fine. It's done now. Yeah. And at least you didn't swallow that chunk. Uh, that impales a bit more. <laughs> oh, okay. Looks like his breakfast like. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Bobbin works really hard on these pancakes. Yes. We're going to eat them instead of talking about that. They look delicious. Yes, they smell divine. Thank you. Smell of cinnamon. Oh, <laughs> cinnamon and like demerara sugar. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice. Bobbin could do no wrong. Thank you, Chef Master. <laughs> That's what we ate on the first day we filmed. It is. Make it again. Make it So good. <laughs> okay. So everything went well, I take it. Yeah. As well as it could have done. I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the fight, we found all the evidence we needed. The Spalantes and the guards showed up. Your hand. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry. There was a trap on the safe upstairs that I couldn't detect with my spell, so it just burnt me a bit, but it's fine. I'm just going to cast the healing hands on Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll say this is like a diminishing go to that, like, after like three days, when like it's still like white ball, like the pain's gone and stuff. Thank you. It's okay. Rubs that hard, but. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is everyone else okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't look at me like that. <laughs> she could just go to this. <laughs> Helping others. I try my best. <laughs> right, well I've got reading to do today. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm all for a relaxed day. Yes. Yeah. Gonna finally take a look at that map you gave me. <laughs> Good. I mean you can come to me with any questions, I'm just gonna go over the contracts we took from Wee Pai and yeah. mm-hmm. I've got some reading to do with my own. Astra, when you brought our stuff back from the Zalvias. Yes. Brought back a book that wasn't mine. What? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's okay, I'll, I'll return it at some point. I, just, I, can t- I can take it back if you want. They're not there anymore, are they? <laughs> <laughs> What's oh my the god, book? you're a wanted criminal just like me. <laughs> Can't believe it. No, I'm, I already got my book back. Oh. <laughs> Don't upset him like this. Do I really need to be so upset? It's like, it's, it's written in Undercommon, I can't read it, but I picked up that book at the, the bookshop, so, I don't know, it's a project. Yeah. Why not? Something to keep myself busy, don't worry That's about it. That's really fine. You won't get arrested for accidentally taking a book from someone's house. I'm sure we'll see them again anyway, and I can go back to them. Okay. Don't panic. <laughs> but I was just, in case anyone else that ended up with something that wasn't theirs. Why am I always accidentally taking books? First it's one in Miratale, and now it's here. <laughs> 
Astra, there's far worse crimes than overdue book fines. <laughs> As the Regent Prince of Mirajelle, I'm not going to hold it against you. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to give that in writing to the library. <laughs> I will. Astra's royal pardon. Let's <laughs> <laughs> and absolve this man So don't worry, you're not going to be in trouble, and I'm sure if you return it when we get back to Miratel one day, they'll still give you your two copper back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care about the money, I just feel bad. Oh. That's the book good at least. It's draconic. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can read it. You're getting there. Okay. You're getting there. Yeah. You've been together for over a month now. It's about oh six my weeks. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get, you're getting there. I'm gonna eat my breakfast. I'm gonna have even more fruit. <laughs> it's fruit. We'll finally some vitamins. We get him healthy. <laughs> we cover them in sugar. I yeah. like fruit. It is not that healthy. <laughs> tomato is technically a fruit. Would you eat tomato? Yes. Okay. okay. Oh, that's one thing. Peppers <laughs> are a fruit technically. I don't think I've ever had a pepper. Well, we can change that. <laughs> they're right. delicious, they're very sweet. start with the fruit. <laughs> as riveting as this conversation about fruit and vegetables is, Samuel and I have some research to be doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pull all the pillows out of the bedrooms and make a big pillow pile. Yeah. Oh, We're going to have a research desk in a while. Go into Vandal's room for pillows. You'll notice that he's already hoarded a pile of pillows in one corner with about 15 pillows <laughs> with a stack of books. Elise's bedding is not in her room. You would have to go to the roof to find I'm it. I'm just going to find any pillows. Like the mattresses from the bunk rooms. And Get a fair amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, tell me what you're researching. Um, so I believe you had the enchantment book and I had the transmutation book. Okay, I think that was right. It feels like so long ago. It was, yeah. it was one way yeah, around. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. We've got them. No, yeah, just sort yeah. of. Okay. Information on the schools of magic that you look into. The school of transmutation is a school of changing one thing to another, such as turning water to wine, iron to gold, to shift and contort flesh or matter on a whim, develop new attributes like physically, like wings, claws, or horns, or vice versa, suppress existing ones. Enchantment, the school of mental control and binding someone's will to your own. It can be used to wipe memories, implant new ones, force someone to do your whim. There are varying lengths and powers and sort of levels that this can be used. It's from like simply suggesting a course of action to physically binding someone's spirit to what you wish them to do to the point where it would harm them to go against your will. In this, as related, you also learn that magical glyphs, patterns and charms can last for an immeasurably long time, unless actively dispelled. Not all magic will stay forever, but sometimes if you cast the same spell in the same space or on the same thing multiple times, it will reinforce and embed. Okay? And over the course of the day, that's what you learn. Okay. This is grim. If what you have in that book is anything like what I'm learning in this one. Mm-hmm. I think someone was doing to the, doing this to him constantly, consistently, over and over. 
if if it's something that does not fully human, they were trying to I don't know fix it, repress it. That's ghastly. Do you think because they didn't want people to know? I suppose there's very two very different views on whether or not your prince sprouts wings. I wonder if his brothers showed any anything like this. Or either of his parents. I don't know. Can you dispel magic, Savio? Yes, actually I can. So can I. I think we need to set something up. It, just the spell alone might not... As this was being done for such a long time, I think we need to put a bit more behind this. It could be volatile. Mm. I mean, we don't know. It's on his skin. I know. Okay. I don't know if we can get rid of the physical brand, but maybe the magic attached to it. Perhaps. Is he willing? Do you know? He said to me that he'd be willing to let us help him get his memories back. Right. Do you think this will do it? What if what if enchantment can suppress? Suppress mold memories? Then yes. Surely. But we should get the others involved. Yes, I agree. Ask if there's anything they can do to bolster the magic. Mm-hmm. And as well, it would be good to have them around in case something goes wrong. Yes. Yes, I agree. We need to tell him. I think you might be able to break that tomb a little bit easier. I'll have a go. Last time I spoke to him about it, he didn't take it all that well. <laughs> but I'll have a go. Choose your words carefully. <laughs> I can rally the rest of the group in the meantime. Keep reading. <laughs> yeah. What else would anyone else like to research? Um, I'll do research on the book I got on and was it angelic yeah. creatures? Yeah, yeah. You got one between one book and two scrolls, researching as a divine beings and descendants. So, from your research in the book and scrolls, you learn that angels, also known as celestial beings, come in many forms, but they are often beholden to a divine entity. Mm-hmm. Their appearances vary, as do their duties, but they appear in four primary physical forms. Angels are always a manifestation of their deity's will and enact it with a portion of their power on the mortal realm. However, angels are capable of free will and can act on their own volition as well, some choosing to live independent lives in the far realms, some living disguised as mortals, a fair few even falling from grace. The four types. The Deva are the divine messengers of the gods, white-winged, green skin, shape changes, so that's what in the, the green skin is their sort of their true form. They can take any form they wish and they do often live in mortal form in their spaces for incredibly long times before delivering divine messages at the right time, whether that's waiting for a hundred or a thousand years, cementing themselves into society just to deliver one of their deities divine messages at the right time. The planets are representations of the deities might and anger. They're holy weapons formed of the deity's wrath 
and sent to the realms to strike and smite down unholy enemies, demons or devils which threaten the safety of the planes. The Solar are one of the only ones which are limited in number, with these old, old texts sort of suggesting that only 24 exist. Each one is tied to a specific deity. So for one deity, there is one Solar. Some of them are unknown. The Solar are stewards of their deity's will, enacting it in the mortal realm in whatever way they can. Their appearances do bear elements of the deities tied to them, but they all share these similar burning, coppery wings, which does stand out to you. The Empyrean, finally, another type of celestial. Not strictly angels, but by all definitions, celestial beings. They're directly children of the gods. The insurmountable Empyreans are demigods in all definitions of the word. No reference of them really like crossing into the mortal realms. Maybe in like um, like ancient legend, perhaps, but it's not the sort of thing where they just walk through into our world at will. Yeah. Where the Deva and the Solar assume mortal form and live amongst them, it's not uncommon for mortals to be fully entranced by them, even falling in love with them. Occasionally, children are sired between the two, and these descendants are known as the Asima. Mortals, blessed with divine gifts such as flight, holy sight, prophetic visions and radiance, the Asima share some traits of their celestial ancestors. These gifts can lay dormant for generations, emerging in a descendant when the fates determine the world might need them. Even without realising, Asimar with latent gifts can be inexplicably drawn to each other over the course of their lifetimes. That explains a bit. <laughs> That's what you learn. Okay. Is there anything you'd like to do? Anything anyone else would like to do? I'm sitting out in the garden. I'm just going to read my book about okay. the green light that I picked up. Okay, okay. The book you got, it's like a, like a cracked green leather. And it smells of like old pine. Inside the first page depicts this like beautiful illustration of a knight in emerald green armour with an antlered helm, a figure of a woman behind him, like wild haired and smiling. Book reads, mostly in summary. <clears throat> a long time ago, Melora walked the world life and greenery springing up from where she stepped. When she left our world to remain in Arborea, she left behind many guardians of nature to enact her will and govern the natural order for her. This circle of guardians, not quite plant, not quite person, wandered the natural world before the first seeds of civilization sprouted, resting here and there, creating beautiful groves wherever they stopped. These groves became places of power which attracted all manner of flora and fauna to them. Eventually, the Guardians grew tired and sought to put down roots for a longer time to simply watch the world go by. But civilization had sprung, and people were encroaching on the natural world, damaging it and taking it for their own. The circle of Guardians could not leave the world to its own devices yet, as it would be defenceless and vulnerable. The Guardians searched the lands far and wide for a person who possessed the strength and empathy to take up their mantle but were left wanting. That is, until a child was left in their grove. The Guardians hid from the child, as they were wont to do when gazed upon by mortals, appearing as mighty boughs of oak, sycamore, yew and pine. But they saw something in how the child shared their last piece of fruit with the young doe, and saw their future laid out. The Guardians revealed themselves to the child and raised them with all the spirit of nature. When the time came the child was grown, the Guardians shared their physical form, offering themselves to the mortal as a living suit of armour to be with them always. 
The mortal took to the outer world and roamed the lands, passing from grove to grove, keeping them clear from corruption, spreading the wild touch of nature and protecting it in turn. The mortal fought back the forces of the dead, releasing them from wicked controlling bonds, with the wrath of nature untamed, and ascended into legend, known only as a knight of green. They lived, fought, defended, and protected in the name of Melora, with her by their side. Time came for the mortal, as does to all. They chose the successor, another of great strength and empathy, handed down their armour, their gifts and their duties. When this was done, they passed through and joined Melora in the heavenly plain of Arborea. The story of the Green Knight continued, and the cycle of nature ran on. Oh my god. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Laura, baby. Just point out the pages to the plants, like. You've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> you believe this. <laughs> you know about this. <laughs> You're legally obligated to tell me how much you knew. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone else doing anything? Yeah. Um, Elisa's going to take herself off to the library to do her yep. research. Okay. <clears throat> uh, with Rana, of course. Yeah. Because um, yeah, she's got so she's got the map that Vanden gave her, which is the map of Caldera. So yeah. she's going to the library so that she can study the map and try to like memorize as much of the geography as she can and pick out particular like important cities yeah. or locations and research them. Mm -hmm. um, like using the books at the library, and in particular, she wants to look into Arrakis more mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and learn about like the pit, the city, and the pit's defenses, the military law enforcement law system, yeah. leaders and governance, all that kind of thing. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. There's <laughs> just got a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. There's a fair amount you can get, and luckily, like, there's an, an old librarian who's happy to sit down with you and just spew stuff about you. They have a fair bit about Arrakis, not everything that you want to get. You probably mm -hmm. some little bits you want more, but generally, on Caldera, you learn that. The climate ranges from tundra in the north to tropical down the south. Mm -hmm. It's about twice the size of Ospea as a continent, roughly 3,000 kilometers from east to west. Mm -hmm. Comprised primarily of large independent city-states who govern the smaller towns in the immediate area around them, although this does vary. Some places are ruled by uh, like, a, like a monarchy, although it's very rare, the mirror tale is one. Some are ruled by theocracy, essentially, like in Riven, where a sort of religious council oversee most things, and then everything between where people are elected, um, where people who have seized power uh, militarily, um, some areas of the country like the Chase, this series of lakes where it's not ruled officially by anyone, but this group known as the Lake Lords, these about this baker's dozen of wealthy very wealthy financial families who have been in power for a long time and control the area just due to how much money they have. Find out that the first major cultures in Caldera were the elves from Elenithil, hobgoblins in Eran, and dwarves from the Underdark, emerging where Shadeborn now stand and we sort of talk a lot about this and you zone out of it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot. <laughs> After a while it's like, okay. Yeah, them on and Travel is made to other continents mainly by ship from Watcher's Respite to Tessaboel, from Arrakis to Ospea, and from the southern steppes to Afin. Mm -hmm. um, 
by airship, rare journeys are made from Bronze Harbour to Elenithal and Elenithal to Tessaboel, as these are the only cities on the continent with the capability to accommodate airship travel, and the ones that are most in need of it with how far they are away from everything else. But that's not sort of a, nowhere near as regular as like, nautical ships, it's maybe yeah. once every couple of weeks, if months, yeah. an airship will come through, perhaps. Mm -hmm. On Arrakis specifically, mm -hmm. you know that it's essentially the capital of magical learning on the continent, an island nation off the east of the mainland. It's built on a volcanic island, mountains carved to resemble a sleeping dragon wound around its slopes. You can find out that it's currently at political tension with the Isle of Starstone. Starstone have formed a blockade preventing some Arakian ships from getting north to their island, Kassan, Watcher's Respite. The Arakian wing patrol the island on the backs of Wivens, but no blows have been struck. Um, you know, you find out that it's a hub of draconic life. A lot of dragonborn, a lot of kobold, a lot of lizard folk live here, although not exclusively. There are humans, gnomes, elves, dwarves, all sorts. Um, as it's a, a sort of secluded area, beautiful natural wildlife and a lot of sun bearing down, it's very suitable for some of these races. You find that the city is governed by the Claw, Tooth and Scale, three individuals. The Claw governs defence and oversees the Pit, which is a huge magical prison in the centre of the island which has defences in place, you find out, to prevent magical escape or communication, bearing in mind who they sort of have within their walls. Mm -hmm. And so that's as much as you find out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as she's reading this information about the pit in particular, she notices, like once she's finished reading it, she notices that her hands are just clenched in like mm. tight fists and shaking a little bit. Yeah. And she has to kind of like untense her hands and calm herself down a bit. Something sort of clicks into place when it says preventing magical communication. Yes. <laughs> and you realise now that this was... Fruitless. <laughs> not so, but there's... Maybe you all did the best you could and this is something out of your control. Mm. She's still angry about it though. Mm. <laughs> okay. cool. um, yeah, I guess when she's done with that, if that's everything she finds, she'll yeah. head back to the house after that, okay. to the barracks after okay. that. Okay. Mm. Is anyone else researching things? Um, first of all, I'm going to spend a few hours of the morning out in the in the courtyard at the other end from Astra, mm -hmm. um, just practicing with, with both short swords again. Yeah. Um, when that is... When I'm worn out with that, just throw them down so they stick in the ground and come over and sort of sit down next to Astro. How are you doing? Alright, I think. I like your garden. Thank you. It sprouted. <laughs> Help me. Needed a bit of bright. Something a bit more, more natural in all the stone. Yeah. Will it survive without here? I don't know. I hope so. Nature always finds a way to thrive. Mm. Bartholomew set up these handy upside down bathrooms to keep it watered, so. Why are, you, why are you asking that though? I just. I'm thinking always. Move on soon. There's lots to do. Yeah. It's a big old world and we've done a fair amount for shape on, you know. <laughs> That's true. 
we pulled up these other contracts from the Weeping Eye base and I just... I'm still looking them over, but... There's things I feel we should move on to. I just wanted to give you a warning. I know you love this garden. I do, but I'm happy to move on. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. It'd be sad to go, but at the end of the day, home's with the people as you're with. <laughs> it's nice to settle for a little bit, but I'm used to travelling. I'm sure you'll be happy to be out of these stone walls. Yes. And outside with Melora. Hmm. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Looking forward to learning more about her. This book's been very interesting. Any questions, any time, okay? Okay. Thank you. Uh, give Astra's shoulder a squeeze and go inside and um, spend like an hour or so going through the contracts again, seeing if there's anything else mm-hmm. interesting, and then spending some time calculating how long it might take us to get to Frostgun because that one really sticks out. Yeah, probably maybe like three to four weeks. Or four. <sighs> <laughs> writing down lists of like maybe what we'd want to take with us like mm-hmm. maybe some warmer clothing because I know frost guards and yeah like the frozen north yeah yeah I mean like even though it's the peak of summer it's still gonna be cold up mm-hmm. there definitely where you're in Shadeborn you're sort of protected from the worst of the winter by this enormous mountain ridge that comes up mm-hmm. um, you know beyond there there is like all the, the glittering coast and like the northern ice waste and everything but frost guard being all the way out to the east is quite exposed. You know the land out there, you haven't been there like in like the land necessarily, but yeah, you know it's cold, there's plains which become tundra and you'll be exposed to some pretty bitter winds. Um, And yeah, I'll make notes on this and when when I reach a point where I can't do anything else with discussing without discussing anything with anyone, and I look around and everyone's like tucked away somewhere today for some reason. <laughs> I'm just going to go in and work on translating that book. Okay, okay. Um, make an intelligence check. Cool. Eighteen. Eighteen, okay. Takes you a while, completely new language to you. But you go through sort of like picking out like one word from like this thing and then looking up its equivalent of the word. Yeah, it takes you a while. You get and say, this isn't the complete text, but just little bits you pick out. Covenant of Twilight, Underdark, Kirlago, Tyrannical, Control, Dark Magic, Loth Tordog Zahir, Blood Magic. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Colony Rulers, Tide, Magi, Twilight Caves, Arcane Essence, Smoke, Essence again, Twilight Courts, Powers, Toppled, Purpose, forgotten, still exists, preserved, induct, covenant. Interesting. What was that one weird word? <laughs> that, that was three. Lolf, L O L T H, Lolf, Torog, T O R O G, Zahir, Z E H I R. Do those mean anything to like, does that make, re- make religion check? No, that's not going to mean anything to me. That's 11. 11. No. Cool. We don't know. But I'm, I know I've translated those correctly. They don't come up anywhere, and in the sort of like the position of where they are in sentences, it seems like they're names. Oh, okay, cool. I'll make note of those, and then just, yeah. I'll, I guess that's going to take me ages. Just yeah. walk through one book, translate the word, play it back. Yeah, yeah. Just kill some time. Yeah, and that's where I'll be in, in my room. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
Um, at some point while Vanden is in his room, I would like to go talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just hear a knock. Come in. Hi. Hi. Come in again and he's got um, like a lantern on the desk, but he hasn't lit it like a candle. He's lit it with like cantrip, so <laughs> there's no windows in this room. So it's just, yeah, it's just like a big beam of light from the desk. Hoblon looks at it and goes, ha! <laughs> and then he just kind of goes to sit on your bed that looks very unused. Yeah. Huh. What, what can I do for you? So, I've been thinking that talk we had when you got kind of upset. I'm sorry the way things went. It's okay. But I also thought about what you said to me, that clearly I come from a place where I can just say what I want, whatever I want. And I thought, I've been thinking about it. And to be honest, maybe that is the case most of the time when I was growing up, but I certainly didn't feel that way when I was around my mother. She wasn't very open about anything really. I could see that she was often upset and sad, but she wouldn't really talk about it. I'm sorry. It's okay, it just made me also become quite closed off and not talk about my feelings. And I just, I don't remember much from that period of time when I would just keep things to myself. Besides just feeling very miserable and lonely. I come from a place where the only thing that matters is the outward appearance that you put on. So... It can be lonely. It's just... Expected of you, you know? That's a lot of pressure. I'm sure you've seen it here, the higher up the tiers we've climbed, the more people have put on a front and mm. acted a way you can tell instantly isn't true to themselves. Mm. I'm getting used to not having to be like that around all of you. I just... It's a very long time of having to do that. But I appreciate... I don't... I didn't mean to... I'm sorry if I upset you, basically. I realise I get very defensive sometimes. It's okay. I won't judge you for what you say to me when you're at your worst. That's not really you. Thank you. And I guess I talk so openly about my feelings, because I'm hoping I had to learn how to do that at a young age for my own well-being. I had to learn to let other people in so I wouldn't feel so alone and miserable. And I really don't want that for you or any of these other people that we care about. I think we all deserve to feel seen, to feel heard and to feel understood. You deserve that. Which is why I maybe get so nosy when you just climb up. I don't mean to be nosy. I just want to make sure you don't feel alone. It's okay. I'm getting used to you being nosy, problem. <laughs> In the beginning, it was 
very unnerving because I wasn't used to anybody asking me about myself. But, I don't know. Being around you five is the first time I've not been alone in my life. Yeah. And maybe I should be more nosy. <laughs> you rarely talk about your mother. Yeah. You talk about your grandparents a lot. Is she not around anymore? Well, she wasn't really around much when I was growing up. She'll come visit every now and then. And then, at one point she just stopped. Visit from where? I don't know, she'd never tell me. She said from all over the place, really. And since we were all over the place too, I didn't really question it too much. I guess so. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to answer this if it's too upsetting, but your father? Well, he died when I was young. Just got really sick one day. And there wasn't anything we could do to fix it. I remember my mom, my mother was really upset. She left the day right after he died. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Just gonna, maybe she didn't sign up for raising a kid on her own. Maybe it wasn't worth staying if my father wasn't there as well. Whatever the reason, it just wasn't the same after he died. Well, your grandparents did an amazing job. <laughs> Thank you. You're one of the most wonderful people I've ever met. <laughs> a little ray of sunshine everywhere we go. And I hope you oh. never change. <laughs> he smiles and blushes a bit. You're one of the most wonderful people I've ever met as well. And I want you to know that you are loved. You know that, right? Thank you. You're welcome. It's important to me that you know. Get up from the desk and move to where Bob sat in the bed. Mm. Come here. What? Things over. I'm going to hug Bob. He's very shocked. And they just kind of like. Hugs you back softly. Please don't touch my back. Okay. Like, the arms. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Get kind of awkward and stop hugging you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll let you get on with your lot of reading. I've, I've told Astra now, but um, I don't know whether we'll be staying here much longer. Oh? There's this point at the masses of paper on my desk. There's lots of things to be getting on with and I just feel like maybe we'll be put to better use exploring some of these other things. Um, not, obviously not everyone has to, but I get the feeling we're going to stick together now no matter what. Yeah, we will. I'll talk to everyone about it later. Just, you know, if there's anything you wanted to wrap up here, no. maybe worth thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the food drives that we've been doing so far. Yes, we should definitely arrange for that to keep going. And yeah, I think Lord Valentina will be able to help us with that. We should speak to her at some point. Yeah, good idea. Okay. Thank you, Bandon. Let's no get on with it. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> so I suppose as the day goes on and we've 
reached that conclusion. Dodsy planning. Yes, a gentleman's agreement. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cassian will just give you a little squeeze on the hand, a little pat on the shoulder, and go to find Elise, Astra, and Boblum. Just sort of gather you up. Just basically like, how's meeting? <laughs> <laughs> really meeting? ominous. Really ominously, just like, where are we need to have a talk with all of you. Come on. Do not trust following him right now? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine them like reading in a room all of a sudden Cassian appears out of nowhere and says house meeting and they just <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's dramatic. Astra Lisa chilling on the edge of the roof, just kicking her legs off. Yeah, he'll just catch you on the roof and be like House meeting <laughs> Into your head. <laughs> he's not gonna yell. <laughs> she hops down, follows. And we'll like take you all to I guess the room that we normally have breakfast in. <laughs> um, and just sit you down. Are we still waiting for the others? No, I, it's just the four of us. Okay. Um, oh. Sariel's going to talk to Vanden, who is the topic of this conversation. Oh. Um, we may have picked up some books about the schools of magic. Mm-hmm. We may have been doing some research into how to help him with his memories. That's amazing. Um, the, the things that you can do with transmutation and enchantment in particular are quite nasty in the wrong hands. And for someone to do that to someone else's flesh... Things on his back. Yeah. Doesn't really bear speaking about, I'm afraid. Mm. But you think there might be a way we can undo it? In some way? All glyphs can be dispelled, Elise. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it depends how powerful they are. And... Sariel and I can both make an attempt. But... What we wanted to bring to you is there... Is there any way you can... Bolster our magic so that it might be more successful and... Would you mind helping... Perhaps if we did it in the war room. Yeah, mm-hmm. of It's course. familiar to all of us. If yeah. we set it up in a way that... We have no idea if these things are volatile. In a way that's just going to be... As calm as possible. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, can, um, I can imbue others with my magic. Enhance their abilities for a while. I can do the same. Yeah, that's excellent. And... Yeah. When you play music, it always feels inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. I know Vanden finds it calm in any way, so maybe that'll just help. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, right, good. I don't know if we're going to get started right away, but at least there's some sigils. If I show you, would you help me draw them? Yeah, of course. Excellent. If you don't mind gathering candles, anything that will Create an atmosphere. <laughs> sure. We can do that. Yeah. Um, before we go, I should let you know, I've also been doing some research. Oh? Well, I've never seen anybody with wings before, the way Jocelyn and Banding had. So I asked for a book about it when we were at the bookshop. And I've learned some things, and then I will yeah. be Leon. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would be a lot for me too. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I've seen winged people before, but not like that. Something very different. The transmutation magic, it can... You can use it to change your own physical attributes or suppress them. Oh. You reckon they suppress that from him? That seems to be the case. I would reason that that makes sense, considering how painful it looks. Yeah, trying to hide it, restrict his power. We'd have no way of knowing the motivation, but whatever it is, it's horribly cruel. Who can say what the royals want these days, at least? People. Yeah. That's what I should share with you guys as well. Thank you. I'll let him know as well, probably after we help with his memories. Yes, I I wouldn't think he would listen to it beforehand. Yeah, I wouldn't want him to forget. Yeah, he wouldn't remember anyway, so... Um, yeah, we'll help. Of course. Yes, I just... Can't have one of us handicapped in that sort of sense. Mm. Yeah, it's not right, whatever's been done to him. You're worried about him. I can be worried, problem. I know. Just think he's sweet. Right, at least, anyway. Abjuration sigils. It is very sweet, and yes, that's what sigils. Come on. It's a joke. Stop gathering up the stuff Cassian told us to. Mm-hmm. If there's like incense or anything as well. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'll you a bunch of that. Oh yeah. I've got shit tons of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sariel's got boatloads of incense. If there's one thing Sariel knows, it's rituals. Incense of days, son. Uh, start showing Elise how to trace out like a large abjuration circle mm-hmm. in the war room. Yep. Yeah, like, yeah, we do a little bit of a little bit of interior decorating. Nice. Yeah. This picks up on how to, she's she draws and writes all the time. She knows how to pick up on that kind of thing very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing you might notice as we're doing it is if you ever like catch a glimpse of Cassian's hand, what he's showing you on the floor is definitely incorporated onto his left yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, yeah, didn't we have a chat where you said you showed her the... Yep, yes, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you can now see the similar Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I guess Sariel will, at the same time this is happening, go to Vanden's room. Knock on the door. Come in. <laughs> I'm suddenly more confused this <laughs> time. Um, open the door. Hi. Hi. Do you have a minute? Sure. Sort of slowly come into the room, sort of hesitant. What can I do for you? Well, it's not so much a case of what you can do for me as to what I could hopefully do for you. Oh, okay, you have my attention. I'll turn my chair around. It's <laughs> great! <laughs> what I'm going to say, I'd like you to try and Listen with an open mind, if that's right. Understood. I don't know how much of last night or the night of the ball you remember, but at some point within that time you mentioned to me that you would be willing to let me try and help you retain your memories. I remember that. I think there's a lot that you've forgotten for quite a long time. There is. 
It gets worse every year. I know about the brands on your back, Vanden. And his face falls. I, again, I don't know if you remember it, but on the night of the ball, you lent me your signet ring. I remember lending it to you. And I'm very grateful for that. But by the end of the night, what with everything that occurred, the back of your shirt was ripped open. And we could see what had been hidden there when you'd been wearing the signet ring previously. Right. I don't want to embarrass you or upset you, but just wanted to I didn't want I didn't want to keep that from you anymore. Everyone saw? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <coughs> Fair enough, I suppose. Can't keep that sort of thing hidden forever when you're this close with a group of people. Well, Cassian and I have been looking into what those brands might mean. Right. I've told you, try and keep an open mind. I'm listening. We think that whatever's been done to you, it's been done to try and either modify your memories or make you forget things or just mould your mind to someone else's will. Those... Those brands are there for my protection, Sarah. Sarah's face drops. <laughs> No, Vanden, I don't think they are. You have a very distinct memory of asking Lockwood to get rid of the memory of being out on open water. and It, it hurt you too much and we helped you. But that's all. That's all there is. I don't know what you're planning to do, but... It's a proposal of mine that we try and help you gain some of those memories back and to stop whatever it is that's triggering it from making you forget constantly because we don't know how far it will go. What if you forget who you are? What if you forget us? If you forgot everything that you've done so far. It's just a proposal. But we think that we can safely dispel that charm that's on you because... Those were put there when I was very young. I and you consented to that. I think your free will's been taken away here. I need time to think about this. 
course. But just know that I would never do anything to hurt you. I believe you. I just, I'm not sure you entirely know what you're dealing with. Then enlighten me. I don't, I don't have the answers either. I just... As far as I know, they were placed there because I was dangerous or a danger to myself or... so long ago. You were a child. Yes. Anyone who does that to a child isn't in their right mind. And has their only intentions are for their own gain. Don't say those things about my father. Your father did this to you. A father up his he was back. a good man, Ariel. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm just questioning his choices. I need some time. I appreciate what you're trying to do for me. free will taken away again. If you do decide to let us help you, Cassian and I both have an idea as to how we think we can get this to work. Squeezes his hand back and stands up to leave. Mm -hmm. Oh, Vandal's gonna need a hot minute. <laughs> so hot. Doesn't come out of his room for the rest of the day. setting things up. I've spoken to him but he needs some time. He hasn't exactly said yes but he hasn't said no either. Right. I think that's kind of understandable. Did he know anything about the brands on his back? Personally, or he had someone else do it, I don't know, but his father was responsible ultimately. Oh. Why are they there? Why are they there though? They make him forget. One of them does at least. That's why he has gaps in his memory. Hmm. What does the other one do? Suppress physical attributes. 
The third one hides things. So his father must have known that about his wings. Trying to hide them from either mm. Mountain himself or other people or both. All we can do is wait and give him time. Yeah. If it doesn't come out in a few hours, perhaps someone should go check. Mm. Yeah. I was going to maybe have another look in a bit later. Well, now we can sit and enjoy the incense and the candles. <laughs> Try not to think about what is behind. Or oh, what's ahead. What's ahead can be very exciting. <laughs> Just hope he lets us help. He let me help him last night. That's fine. I'm sure he will. Mm. He does, eventually, leave his room. Mm-hmm. Probably early evening time. Mm-hmm. After mm-hmm. like, three or four hours of absolute silence. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose he can probably hear you in the war room. And like, smell and <laughs> see the lights. <laughs> Led in by the incense. <laughs> Welcome to the boudoir. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very soporific smell. Yeah. Very sleepy feeling in here. Oof. Interestingly enough, the palace in Miratel was always filled with the smell of incense, so he pushes the door open out of pure curiosity. Just sat in different places. I'd say I'm probably like sat on the upturned table just twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's going through the books that they've got <laughs> frantically. Pack business. Mm-hmm. At least might have gone over to the books with Sarah out of curiosity and just sort of like looking at them with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what have you guys set up? So there's a big um, abjuration sigil in the, middle, in the middle of the room with like candles and incense placed around it. I'm standing in the doorway, staring at this, looking at all of you. Right. Evening. Hello. This looks vaguely terrifying. Sorry. It means protection. It's gonna help you. We don't have to do this if you don't want to. Exactly. And you're surrounded by friends here. So you should know that Anything we want to do is something we think will help you, not harm you. There is a firm and resolute belief here that this will help. Hmm. I trust all of you, I just... I don't... Trust me, I don't... Pardon? We trust you. Implicitly. Yeah. None of you know what's gonna happen, though. Whatever happens, we'll deal with it. Yeah. Together? I wish I could ask. What would happen first? 
If this was a few years down the line, maybe I'd be able to tell you. <laughs> okay. You ready? You can try. We will. Okay. If you'd be so kind. Just use the sigil. You have to promise me that if anything bad happens, you'll... I don't know, act appropriately. I promise. When are we never appropriate? <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I'm dangerous or something. I know what you mean. It's gonna be fine. Okay. Take off the cigarette and lay it heavily on the table. Elise will take out her arcane focus and draw static electricity out of it and kind of place her hand on Cassian's and warm, trailing, crackling electricity will flow into your veins. You see the dark hair of Cassian's arm all like stand up, static goes up. I'd say it will rise up and cast impossibility. I'd say for flavour the henna starts glowing blue and then turns to gold. Oh, I love it. Nice. It winks at you. Just so you know, I have to touch you for this to work. That all right? And he offers a hand. She takes it. <laughs> Thank you for trusting me. I trust you. And um, I casting house ability. Yeah. A warm glow like goes up your hand and oh, and then like spreads down to your chest. Like when you like take a big, big like mouthful of tea and it was sort of like warm and <laughs> all through you. And like her hair starts to sort of wash out a little bit. She just takes a seat and plays one of the, like one of the songs he would have heard in the Mirror Tale docks. Yeah. Just on his loop. No, on his lair. Yeah. Oh, a little nice. bit jaunty. <laughs> the smoke hangs heady in the air and just sort of like, eddies around as you step in. And strips off his shirt so you can see the brands properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fiddling with his necklace, which you would have seen before. He's just got a shark's tooth necklace. Mm-hmm. I think it was touching way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, bike inspiration on both of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Add a D8. And he kneels down like he did the night before, bracing himself for magic to be cast on him. Yeah. Just relax. Don't think I could possibly relax, but. It's all going to be fine. Sadio, if you would. They kneel down behind Bandon. Moon Mother, may you guide my hand. And ocean bring me strength on land. We weave a charm to coil the bind. That plagues its toll on our friend's mind. Memories lost behind the seal. Grant us might so we may heal. Aid by song and storm and sun. May affliction snare be yet undone. By hands entwined. By hearts aligned. Grant freedom, freedom by our will, will combined. combined. And we place our hands on Bandon's back. And we both cast a spell magic. Okay, can you please roll the dice? <laughs> spell casting ability modifier. Yep. Have an advantage. Yes. With a d8. Oh god. Oh god, my d8. Not, not on the table, not a roll. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Dirty 20. 17. Okay. You both place your hands on. Begin to glow 
you feel Vanden's shoulders beginning to shake from you. Vanden, you feel this is not you shaking, but magic swells and courses into you. You feel Vanden begin to move under your grasp, grip his shoulders to keep him from moving. And you see from your hand these sort of like inky like red lines following along from where his veins are. And they begin to glow, course through him before dissipating and sort of coursing over into his back. For anyone who's standing behind, you see light begin to swell out of the glyphs themselves. It's like burning, like sickly, pulsating red light, which looks wrong to look at, and it shines out of the glyphs themselves. You see the old, old scars begin to bubble and blister and swell before each of them bursts, like the excess skin sort of like fades off into dust. Pink lines remain where the old scars were. The light swells and swells and swells and for all of you become too bright to see. <laughs> Nothing. Then it cries out in pain. You feel just... Years of tension wash out of your muscles and like a smack in the face. These memories just hit you falling from a window, soaring over a bay of a winged figure in a courtyard, fending off dozens and dozens of figures. A similar figure in an abbey at your side, reaching up and plucking divine light into you, you fighting over the eastern terrace of Valentinian's manor, of the night prior at the Cranwell Manor, it all comes back. You feel your muscles unlock and untense. Magic is dispelled. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby! <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Will we know it's worked? Yeah. Yeah. Ended? Vendon just pushes out his wings very gently and slowly and you'll see that the skin doesn't split and tear and start bleeding like it did before. They just unfold like they're stretching out for the first time in years. It sort of moves around all of you. <laughs> so. Wow. Few tears stream down Brandon's face. Sorry, I'll wipe some away with this one. You did it. I don't know what you've done, but you did something. <laughs> we told you. <laughs> What's happening to me? Sorry, sorry. Just take it moment by moment. Then you'll see the freckles in his face start to light up <laughs> and then on the skin on his shoulders around where the wings are like behind them you can see like a, a dusting of feathers like sticking out from the skin sort of naturally there um, his eyes glow a lot brighter blue um, and a couple of streaks of white start to appear in his hair and sort of stop after a few streaks 
I think this is <laughs> who you really are. It's beautiful. It's been hidden from you for a long time. Valentin, you're incredible. You're magnificent. Thank you. <laughs> How do you feel? I feel strong. Stronger. Stand up again. It doesn't feel so unnatural as it did at the ball at the Abbey. And do you remember that? Do you now? remember that? Now? Your memories. <laughs> and Jocelyn. I remember. <laughs> Perfectly clear, down to every last feather. <laughs> I remember escaping the dungeons at the palace through the air, <laughs> flying over the bay. And Jocelyn. <laughs> I never knew. Not all this time. During the siege. That must be why I forgot everything. She used her wings and... Now you remember. There's a few other scattered memories. Mm. Um, I remember reading about creatures like winged creatures when I was studying. And I didn't remember that before, but not everything. Maybe in time. Mm. We need time to and adjust. And that's a lot you've had to just remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of feels like I've been punched in the face. <laughs> Perhaps another sleepover in here tonight. Yeah. Maybe, um, do you want to hear a story from the Book of a Thousand Sons? Would that make you happy? Why would they do this to me? I don't know, but we've fixed it. I don't have to be burdened by it anymore. Sometimes when people don't understand something, they try and lock it away. That's true. I'm sorry they did this to you. So many hours trying to burn these feathers out of my skin. <sighs> you? Yourself? Or? No, other people. <sighs> Tentatively offers a hand on the shoulder. <laughs> grabs it. <sighs> people can be cruel to things they don't understand. People they don't understand. But with us, you don't have to hide it. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you. Told you we've always have you back. Come here. Excuse <laughs> me. All of us? Please. Okay. It's okay. I don't know what I'd do without you.
Back in your little heart. Hungry hog. Hog. And wrap the wings around you. <laughs> I'll say in Celestial, you're safe now. Thank you, back in Celestial. And then a little look of confusion on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you can speak in common as well, though, now with the wings out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's going to be quite inconvenient. <laughs> I think those, that book would be a good idea. Yeah. I think and Boblin pulls out of his back pocket the scrolls and the book that he got from the library. I think this might be helpful. It talks about winged creatures such as yourself. Thank you, you. You like research, after all, <laughs> as Elise. I do. <laughs> Thank you. And hands over the scrolls. I'll read them. For now, I don't think I can. I don't think I have the energy. That's, That's okay, understandable. Okay. We don't have to do anything else tonight. I'll go get the bedding. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's on the roof. <laughs> I can get it. <laughs> no, we can go get it together. <laughs> you sit yourself down. Let's get the room back together. Yes. Takes a little while, but you're able to clear up, wipe the chalk from the floor. All the candles were snuffed out. When sort of pulse of red light, and yeah, about half an hour, and everything is cleared up and ship shape as possible. You, even in this form, having the wings out, your physiology does tire, and you're not able to keep them up fully after a minute or so. But you find that you're able to, if you wish, dismiss them. I sit and stare into the fireplace for a while mm-hmm. when everyone's moving stuff around. Mm-hmm. And after some time, I just let them start burning up. Mm-hmm. So first time, most of them were I think. Yeah. Sarah mm-hmm. and Cassie were away for it last time. Oh, yeah, because we're asleep. You think the skin just sort of knits over where they came from, mm-hmm. but there's no like blood streaking down or scabs, just looks like. Shoulder blades. It's a very faded brand down yeah. the middle, and then these feathers, which just mm. stay where they are, scattered across yeah. the shoulders. <sighs> They're incredible. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it's <laughs> gonna take some adjusting. Did they hurt now? Sorry. Not at all. When they went away. No. Oh, thank God. Good. The memory of the pain from the other night is excruciating, but no, that didn't hurt at all. <laughs> You're going to need some new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't look so delighted with yourself. Well, come on, let him. Oh, the potential, though. Oh, you got some ideas? <sighs> I'll have to do some sketching. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I can't destroy any more shirts, can I? Otherwise, we're going to be spending all of our money on shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without the rations. <laughs> if you want to tell stories, I'd, I'd appreciate it. I yeah. Don't think I've had stories read to me since my older brother used to. My oldest brother, <laughs> um, when I was young. Yeah, yeah. The captain used to read this book to me. <laughs> um, yeah. So she'll take out the book of a thousand songs. Um, and before reading, like 
because Vandal obviously would know, but the others wouldn't. She explains that it's basically like a collection of Ospeyan folk tales, which were compiled by a Gaberian author called Aisha Nasir. And many of the tales were adapted out of stories that emerged from this long-standing tradition of oral story- storytelling that's spanned across Ospeyan for centuries. So it's like this huge tradition there. <laughs> and as she starts to read it, the book has a central framing narrative about a young woman named Shazia who weaves wondrous tales to trick a cruel king into sparing her life. And each night she tells him a story, but the sun rises before she can complete it conveniently. The king is so enraptured by her stories that he agrees to spare her life for one more night so that she can, uh, so that he can hear the rest of the tale. But each night Shazia is conveniently unable to finish her story before the sun rises. Most of the stories centre on themes of magic, adventure, cunning, trickery and overcoming great adversity and several contain stories within stories and it becomes very convoluted (laughs) (laughs) but Elise picks out a particular one that was her favourite called The Fisherman and the Ifriti which is the tale of a poor fisherman who casts his net into a lake and instead of the fish he was hoping for retrieves a heavy jar with magic sigils upon it Upon opening the jar, he releases the powerful Afriti who had been imprisoned within it and cast into the lake where the waters would render him completely powerless. The Afriti explains that for the first hundred years of their imprisonment, they vowed, they swore to bestow great material wealth upon the person who freed them, but nobody freed them. For the second century of their imprisonment, they swore to grant their liberator with great physical power, but again nobody freed them. After another century, they swore to grant great magical ability to the person who freed them, yet nobody did. So after 400 years of imprisonment, the Afriti became enraged and swore to grant the person who freed them a choice of deaths. The fisherman (laughs) pleaded for his life, but the Afriti would not concede. So the fisherman tricked the Afriti. He asked the Afriti how he managed to fit into the jar as they were so huge and mighty, but the jar was so small by comparison. The vain Afriti, eager to show off their power, shrank and placed themselves back into the jar (laughs) to demonstrate their incredible abilities. The fisherman quickly put the lid back on the jar and threatened to throw it back into the lake if the Afriti didn't vow to spare his life and grant him the boons he had sworn to grant the liberator before. The Afriti, impressed by the mortal's cunning, conceded, and the poor fisherman was granted great wealth and power. (laughs) Wow! You should have left the end off and done it in the morning. That would have been more traditional. You're right. <laughs> Sit around and listen to you read. Yeah, let me tell us a few more. She clearly loves telling stories yeah. and is very like animated and like excitable about mm-hmm. it. And maybe she gives them to you as well if you want to read a few out. And then he looks through and finds that his favourites aren't in this edition. <laughs> <laughs> they were added later when it became yeah, the traditional ones. <laughs> called The Book of a Thousand Sons. It's not just Bayon Nights. Books have different titles. <laughs> this is the correct one. <laughs> hmm. I just have to thank all of you so much for, I don't know, putting up with me. Hey, it's not putting up with. I think any of us here could say the same thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> not you, Bob, and you're perfect. Thank you. So are y'all. Mm-mm. Hey, don't talk about my friends like that. <laughs> oh, this is overwhelming. I'm sure it is. I think I'm probably going to 
want to rest them tomorrow as well, but I don't know. Uh, well, we have time now. The guards. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say exactly. Everyone else is cleaning up the mess that we kind of made, but also brought to light. Yeah, Valentina and the guard, that's <laughs> the Valentina's, they can deal with everything for now. The crumbles were really our mess, we were just sorting that out for other people. Yeah, we fixed that mess. <laughs> We've done a lot. We have. We've yeah. helped people together. Bob said earlier we should try and set up something constant with the food right now for the first year. Yeah, definitely. Valentina. We promise. Yeah, I'm sure Valentina will help with that. It might be good to go and talk to him again. Yeah, see how he's getting on with things. Oh god, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. This has been, I guess, kind of pressing. And there's some, there's some things I want to talk to you all about what we do next, but I am exhausted. We can all discuss that together. Tomorrow we're all more rested, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no rush. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Again. You all mean the world to me. <laughs> Likewise. I think it's safe to say you're my family now. Ben's going to pull up more of the covers than he deserves to have to himself. Make <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> a small nest. He's just the cushions. <laughs> you're the sleepover diva, huh? <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> Not a bad. <laughs> you threw your arrow, Kokra. Cursed to look like a human. <laughs> Cassie will quietly suggest to Sariel taking the night in shifts again. I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. That's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to sleep. Oh. Is no one else doing anything? Just going mm-hmm. to sleep. It's a comfy night. And smell the incense still lingering in the room and light slowly dims. Nothing untoward happens. Awoken by the sound of a crow on the roof just sort of skipping around. <laughs> 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 you can see him is triggered. Rana, go deal with that. <laughs> 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 you hear a sort of like sputtering. <laughs> This woman like flies away. He goes and quietly checks his room. Seems to be fine. Okay. <laughs> quietly comes back in. Morning. 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 How are you feeling? Well, I've woken up with my memories, and that makes a change. Good. <laughs> Glad it's stuck. <sighs> Y'all were amazing yesterday. We couldn't have done it without all of you. Well, I'm willing to say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you as well. I'm going to try and make you all breakfast. Oh no. (laughs) Can you cook? I've never cooked once in my life. Okay, so (laughs) Bob would be on standby. Can I help? Yes, yes, that would be, that would probably be a good idea. You know, I want to do something for you and... (laughs) What are you going to do? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea how to make food. Um, I'm going to go outside for a bit. I'm sure you, Astra. We could make a fruit salad. Sure. Yeah. Easy. Let's it's do just, that. It's cutting things. You're good at that. I am. No so. fire. Good at the sword. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Cut. It's locked up. Cut. Eat. Cut. <laughs> I'll probably 
like a child, mostly let Bob do it. <laughs> Except anything that he tells me to do. Yeah, yeah. Delegate some orders. God, I wish coffee existed. <laughs> coffee exists. Coffee can exist. Coffee exists. We have dragons with no coffee. Can make some. You're actually fairly close to the place that it's brewed. Oh. Like, originally, like, Mons Aurum, one of these enormous, like, uh, enormous mountains on the range that Shadeborn is on, probably uh, 80 to 100 miles from where you are. It's called Mons Aurum because in the morning, like, when the light hits it, the entire mountain looks gold. And there is an order of monks who live at the top who... And make coffee. ...develop this <laughs> substance ground from these black beans, which imbues... You with energy. Way of the espresso. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> how many extra attacks do you get? Jacked monks. <laughs> you tell Bobram all about it and say how we used to get it imported in massive barrels into Mirrortail. <laughs> <laughs> Just from the palace. <laughs> Oh, you really sound kind of addicted to this stuff. <laughs> Helps me work for 16 hours a day. Um, should you? <laughs> it's a fairly recent addition, like past like 30 years of the world, but it's widespread enough in most major cities. Like it'd be, it'd be served, but it's not as popular as tea right now. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you how much better it is than tea. <laughs> I strongly disagree. <laughs> At least comes in and separates them. <laughs> yeah. You're able to make a nice breakfast of like um, a variety of fruits, and you've got like a, like a small like clay pot of yogurt and some honey that you're able to uh, to find. Fender will mm-hmm. set the table. <laughs> he helped. <laughs> yeah, you did. Just the table with the weird mini forks. <laughs> oh no. You don't see any smoke pouring from the kitchen. <laughs> it's really nice. It's fruit and yogurt. I'd be so worried about <laughs> the smoke. Oh, it's a gift. So I strategically chose something that didn't involve yeah, fire. Yeah. Okay. Breakfast yeah. is served. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> we both worked on it. This looks mm. good. Bob did most of it. Oh, okay. I feel safe to eat it now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you cook? Yes, obviously. I've had to take care of myself for a long time, mate. <laughs> I can teach you. You've just learned something now. Thank you. I'd like that. Hmm. Yeah. I can't cook either, so don't worry about it. Oh, neither can I. See, it's not that uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, no, what no, do no. you do? Oh, How do you classes? We had stuff, Elise. Oh, must time. be nice. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hold daily classes then. <laughs> you can just get food in taverns and yeah. just eat raw. Sometimes it's nice to cook, sometimes you don't have access to a tavern. Sometimes you don't have access to a kitchen. <laughs> I'm sure you would have had access to many kitchens if you had thought to go in them. <laughs> we had three. <laughs> there you go. You can do other stuff if you pay someone else to make the food for you. It's true. You need money to do that, though. <laughs> yes, but you're doing your work, and that's how you get your money to pay for the food. I feel like we're going to go around in circles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for teaching me how to make fruit salad. Breakfast is delicious. Next step, toast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing anything particular throughout the day? As Vanden said that we might be leaving, I'm going to spend as long as I can in the garden using the plant growth mm-hmm. spell because if I do it for a certain amount of time, then it will enrich the land and they will grow very well for a year. Yeah. How long does it have to do it for? Um, up to eight hours. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll say like with doing some stuff over like the past couple of days, mm-hmm. we'll say like chopped up. Yeah, yeah, you could absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. You absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you watch the flowers like, like sprout before you and grow to like 
a decent size. <laughs> yeah. well, you can come sit out with Astro while he's oh. doing that. But yeah. <laughs> some little druid craft flowers to sort of yeah. find the borders of it. Cute. Pop everywhere. And this was also going to approach Astra. Um, so I guess she'll come out after you guys have been doing all your cool flower <laughs> yeah. stuff and she'll just be like, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> um, Astra, I just, I wanted to, I was just curious, um, when I cast Detect Magic in the criminal's house, I kind of know all the magic items everyone has on them now. Um, uh, I was wondering what that necklace does. With the shell one? Yeah, it's Cass magical. Cassie gave it to me. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, what does it do then? Do you know? I could identify it for you if you don't know. I mean, if you want to. I know you like magical items. Yeah. Um, it, it's played music to me a few times, so... Interesting. Mm. Mm. Um, I'll cast identify on it. Mm. It doesn't seem to be a, a anything like you've seen before. Mm. It has... It's not that it has like a, like a recording of music imbued into it. It seems that sometimes it, it reminds you of listening to a, listening into a shell and hearing the sea. That sort of natural magic yeah. is just sort of imbued instead of hearing the sea. It is notes and tunes. Should I call it to hear it? Very softly hear it. Sounds a little bit like Australian music. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the music we used to hear during some of the festivals back in Australia. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, here, have it back. I think I'm going to put some belt now. I've got a lot of necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also I can identify whatever's in your bag for you as well if you want. I don't know if you know what it does. I don't know anything. <laughs> Really? Mm? I cast a spell and I saw all the magical items. They pinged. <laughs> I don't know what that means, so... That means whatever's in your bag is magical. Okay. <laughs> not sure, not sure what you mean. <clears throat> Astro, you're not a very good liar. <laughs> You're my friend, Elise. Don't make me lie to you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know it was a sensitive issue. <laughs> Sorry. He's gonna get up and leave. <laughs> Is Sariel still there? I guess. Yeah. Up to you. She just kind of glances at Sariel and is like, "So that's what that feels like." <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Ah. Oh well. The flowers look nice. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, I the place up a bit. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I guess if we even come back, they might have grown even more. <laughs> I hope so. How big is the garden area? It's like, like eight foot square, maybe. Yeah. Um. Like a pretty like thin layer of topsoil, like maybe a couple of inches, but it took you probably a couple of trips to like bring some back up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and not not enormous, but yeah, just like maybe like, like the area that we're sitting in here. Yeah, mm. I guess if we come back and stay here for a long period of time, 
we could always <laughs> expand this. Definitely. That'd be cool. Grow our own vegetables. Yeah. Like ingredients for Bobbin to make potions. That would be a good idea. <laughs> I'll put it to him. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing anything else for the rest of the day? Cassian will be up in his room, um, preemptively getting a little bit hyped at the idea of a new project. Um, <laughs> just going through pages and pages of just sketching. Oh no, that's absolutely not going to work. And just scribbling it out. Just all of these ideas of like, how can you make a shirt comfortable yeah. if wings are going to come up? <laughs> how can you make a jacket comfortable if wings are going to come up? But <laughs> how will it not be drafty? He's just trying to get some ideas going. Yeah, yeah. He's sketching so. himself. Mm -hmm. Keep the hands busy. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. You're in there for about a couple of hours when you hear a sudden boom <coughs> at your window again. Open the window. Still quivering. <laughs> a small bolt. Oh, you're shooting them in. <laughs> <laughs> what if the window was open? You'd shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of, actually like around the bolt itself, okay. but like inscribed. You're able to look, oh no, like inscribed on, on the, the bolt, bolt itself. Okay. You can look around and says, it seems things are handled. We'll be in further contact. And then just a snake like in between each section of it. Hmm. Pocket that. <laughs> okay. A little bit more time goes past. And a knock. At the front gate. Go to open it. <laughs> we all go. City officials are there and escort you to the judiciary offices of Governor Valentinian. <laughs> where you are announced as Dawnbringers, heroes of the city of Shadowborn. And that is where we'll end tonight. <laughs> Thank you everyone, that was amazing. You all did so well. Let's all give each other a hand. No, yeah. No. It's a goblin hand! <laughs> you can't suppress a hand. <laughs> I do actually. I do actually. I'd really like to thank one of our friends, an amazing artist in the community, Rihanna Kai, who yeah. <laughs> made me my little lemon shirt. It's got little me's on it. It's a lemon wearing a JD shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it fills me with an emotion that I cannot describe. <laughs> Thank you, Kai. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, JD, for the end. It's my pleasure. I didn't have to do anything this episode. Watch more of you. You level up. 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 Thank you for being part of our story. We love you so much. Hello, saplings. It's Astra. Who knows what could be awaiting us now that we've been announced the Dawnbringers? 
Be sure to tune in again next week to find out. You can support our adventures over on Patreon at patreon.com slash nextrising or via the YouTube join button, among a variety of other ways that can be found on our website, lifeofthepartydnd.com. In need of a pep up? You can still get discounts at foundfamiliar.com slash LOTP using the code LOTPDND for 10% off store wide. Special thanks as always to our executive producers, Emily Hogarth, Caitlin Ferguson, Alexander Johnson, Steph Sharp and Leah Moran. Until next time, remember the dawn will always come and we'll see you on Wednesday.